Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Underhand Games. I'm Melina, your co-hosts, along with Gianna and Joelle. Before we start, I would like to give a brief description about the movie for our listeners who have not seen Hunger Games and those who have seen it. So, The Hunger Games is a dystopian film that centers around Katniss Everdeen, a resourceful 16-year-old girl who is a hunter and a survivor. She lives in the most impoverished-stricken district of Panem, District 12. District 12 is the last district of them all, and the first away from the capital. As you travel away from the capital, the district's drop in classes and scarcity of resources increase. The capital holds the annual Hunger Games, a competition in which each of the 12 districts must select one male and one female children between the ages of 12 and 18 to be sent to an arena to participate in a death match. The last one alive becomes a victor and is rewarded with a lavish lifestyle and wealth for the rest of their life. The game are broadcasted nationwide and the capital uses this death match as entertainment as well as reminder to the other districts that they are under complete government control. Hunger Games also served as a punishment for past rebellions the districts attempted. Nonetheless, Katniss Everdeen volunteers as tribute, the first to do so in her district for the 74th Hunger Games, where her younger sister, Primrose, name is John. Would you like to play a recording for Georgiana? Gotcha. Primrose Everdeen. <laughs> That was, you know, kind of sad. But anyways, with little to rely on, Candace uses her hunter skills and sharp mistakes to fight for survival in an arena where she must weigh survival against love. So, Joelle and Regiana, since both of you haven't seen The Hunger Games before this podcast, tell me what you guys think about the movie. Before watching The Hunger Games, I honestly thought it was about each district fighting for their survival to obtain a prize, hence The Hunger Games. I thought the concept would be more like each district choosing one person to fight for the ultimate survival of others belonging to their district, and whoever won would earn a prize worth the fight. This idea came from the title itself, Hunger. But what were they actually hungry for? Life or status? Before the podcast, I had only seen various clips and previews of The Hunger Games. So its impression on me was very brief. I believe the movie was about a poor girl who was trying to better her family by entering the Hunger Games to win the big grand prize. Seeing the clip of Katniss sticking up for her sister made me think that her entering the Hunger Games meant more than just the prize. It made me think that her family meant everything to her, and she would stop at nothing to help them. Now that you guys seen the Hunger Games, tell me your post-reaction since watching. After watching the film, I realized that the Hunger Games is not something that people enter voluntarily. They are forced by the capital. I was somewhat on point with Katniss' family meaning a lot to her. Katniss being in the Hunger Games is only due to her sister being chosen and Katniss wanting to protect her, proving my point. It becomes very clear that people from poorer districts are at an immediate disadvantage. The volunteers from the richer districts, District 1 and 2, have been training for the Hunger Games from an early age. This is relevant to today's society because the districts that are poor lack the resources that prepare them for life in general. Most of the people who never graduated from high school or attended a college or university came from the poorer parts of the United States. You cannot be prepared for something that you lack the resources for. I agree. While watching The Hunger Games, I realized that what I initially thought it would be about was completely wrong. 
I felt it was colony-centered and based on the systematic approach to oppression and capitalism. Capitals that were wealthier were closer to the capital, while poor districts like District 12 were farther. I thought of this to be oppression because why not have those who are struggling closer to the capital and its resources? This thought quickly left when the movie took a sharp turn to the left and left representatives from each district from each district were chosen. One person was chosen and out of everyone chosen, children were even involved. I thought to myself, how could they possibly choose children to fight for their lives against stress-stricken adults desperate to win? But they did, and obviously these children didn't last long. It was gruesome. I thought it took a turn on the capitalistic side as the representatives were being prepped on what to expect and how to win the games. They were told to gather fans or watchers of the event take heart to their story and wish to see them win. With the help of fans, they gained attention and resources needed to prosper in the challenge, which I thought was weird. Members of the Capitol watched for chose certain aspects to ensure that the representatives put on a good show while the members of the districts watched and rooted for their chosen representatives. It was all a form of entertainment to the Capitol, a form of control and a flex of power. This changed the fight for survival into a fight for fame. You guys have some good points. Because I saw The Hunger Games several times before. And I'll watch it again because it's a really good movie. The fight for survival is so intense while you're rooting for your person to survive. And also the ringing of the alarm when someone that is just nerve-wracking. Because it's like less competition is out there. And it's either you're closer to a victory or death. I think we have that alarm on set. Oh, we do? Let's hear it. That's kind of crazy. That's very nerve-wracking. Yup. I don't know. That sound just brings me chills every time I hear it. Like, you just know that another body of another innocent soul just died for the capital's entertainment, you know? Right. And how well do you think all the Hunger Games fit our expectations of a dystopia? Well, I never took into perspective that it has dystopian aspects until now. It actually does fit our expectation of a dystopia based on our class definition. For our listeners, in case you were wondering, our evolving definition of a dystopia is an imaginary or real place whose people may lead a restricted and oppressive existence under some form of authority. Yeah, I definitely do see that restricted lifestyle in the Hunger Games, especially with the government using the games as a way to remind all of its citizens in the district that they are in control. It becomes oppressive to life to know that any year you might be chosen during the reaping to become a representative in the Hunger Games. The enjoyment of living life worry-free is taken away at the young age of 12 when individuals are considered old enough to be entered in the drawing. A child shouldn't be worried continuously every year whether or not they might have to say goodbye to their families and defend themselves for the district. Right. So what other dystopian aspects does the Hunger Games have based on our definition? One dystopian aspect that I noticed while watching the film was the government using the Hunger Games as a form of entertainment for the district. It was broadcasted by the government, forcing the districts to watch it. The Hunger Games was a death match. There should be no entertainment out of forcing young teens to kill others in order to survive. This allowed the government to make a mockery out of the Hunger Games and out of the lives that were being taken in the process. Also, this is a dystopian aspect due to the reason the Hunger Games was happening in the first place. The government wanted to use this as a punishment for the past rebellion. The rebellion was against the capital's oppressive behavior. The capital wants to remain in complete control, and when someone threatens their power, they must retaliate. 
True. And to add to that, a capital action reminds me of totalitarian government that restricts individual opposition and exercises an extremely high degree of control over the districts and the citizens' private life. Dissidences are restricted to their districts and can't travel to other districts. Also, there is a hard separation and discrimination between the capital and the poor in slave outlying districts. The games are used to enforce servitude under the disguise of celebrating an absence of war. The capital itself might appear utopian with all the lavish buildings, wealthy people, excessive availability of goods, and abundance of riches, but that comes at the expense of the 12 districts. Technological control, another aspect of a dystopian society, was also showcased during the Hunger Games. One form that I could recall is the use of trackers on the participants. It allowed members of the capital to locate the participants' location as they headed through the fields of the arena. By tracking at every location, the capital was able to control them even from inside the arena. This was shown as Katniss decided to travel away from all of the newly formed alliance groups to seek refuge at the edge of the arena. When members of the capital became aware of this, they used another form of technological control, which came in the form of environmental control. In order to keep Katniss in the reach of the others and participating in their entertainment thrill, they set fire to the force around her, forcing her to run for her life in the direction of her competitors. All of that just goes to show how much control the capital had, that participants had no choice but to entertain their games and put on the show because if they didn't, they would be put at risk by some other biological or technical advancement used against them. Good point, Regiana. I didn't even think of that because they were still able to control the tributes even in the game itself, which is so crazy. You guys have made some good points. Now, using these aspects, how can we relate those dystopian aspects to our world today? Like, how do those aspects in the Hunger Games relate to our world today? What are some examples? Dystopias are all around us, hidden in plain sight. We're facing our very own dystopian society while in the midst of having a viral outbreak of an infectious virus. As of now, we're facing forms of corporate control or governmental control and oppression at the games. As the virus continues to progress and take over parts of the world, the government responded by issuing mandatory quarantines, which have confined many around the world to their homes. Stores have shut down, many are without jobs, and much of what we know about the virus is coming solely from the social media outlets, the government, and news outlets. The government is controlling what is allowed to be open, as well as how resources are being distributed during this crisis, which to me is another form of control. As a result, many are being oppressed, forced to fight for their livelihoods, homes, and other necessities. People are even fighting each other for resources such as disinfectants, antiseptics, water, masks, gloves, and toilet paper, while others have become completely reliant on government assistance such as unemployment benefits. The world we once knew is slowly changing into a dystopian society. Currently, we have a nationwide shortage of respirators and ventilators that is significantly affecting the healthcare field to properly patients with coronavirus. Furthermore, the Hunger Games face a different type of governmental control by having their lives being put at random for the sake of the Hunger Games. Their governmental control was less about being in control of resources and mobility, or about enforcing their power as the capital and using other forms of entertainment as pleasure. As a result, these people became oppressed to a world that they can't escape. They became a name, a ticket, a possibility for entertainment for the wealthy. One thing remains the same, though. The wealthy always prospers, no matter what the circumstances. 
In the Hunger Games, the wealthier districts were closer to the capital and had more access to resources, while the poor districts were further away. As of now, wealthy countries and individuals across the world have the resources needed to get tested and pay bills while being quarantined. They have access to testing for the virus, and they have access to necessities such as food, while low-income individuals are struggling to get by, get tested, and obtain food and items needed to stay home for weeks and maintain bills. And both. So also add to Regiana's point on governmental control, our U.S. government is actually operating like a totalitarian government, just like the capital in the Hunger Games. In this analog, the citizens are restricted by not being able to travel between districts, and with the COVID-19 pandemic, we too are also restricted to just staying in our house and travel and have travel bans in place to certain countries and unsuitable to certain states. Our government also restricted our movement by putting in place curfews for certain times we can actually come outside our homes. They may even implement a two-week nationwide shutdown to control the growth rate of the virus. But who knows how true that may be. Furthermore, the trackers that Regina mentioned from the Hearn Games that were used to monitor the chip use in the games remind me of the telescreen in 1984. The telescreen like the trackers in the Hearn Games are used as a form of surveillance to monitor the citizens every move to make sure they are going against Big Brother. Nonetheless, in our current society, people can track other people with the use of their devices or actual trackers implemented on their cars. Since everyone carries their phones with them everywhere they go, it's easy to track a person's whereabouts with a simple touch of a button. People also have the free ability to microchip their kids to make sure they know where the kids are when out of sight. Citizens have turned to this avenue ever since the increase of child abduction cases and human trafficking. I think the rich and poor districts in the Hunger Games relate to the world today. Just like in the film, in most places, the city and surrounding metropolitan areas tend to be in the more upscale or richer part of the state. The city tends to be the center of wealth and has easy accessibility to consumer goods, supplies, and resources. You see the same reality in the analog because the areas that were wealthier, like Districts 1 and 2, were closer to the capital, while poorer districts like District 11 and 12 were further away. As one ventures away from the city, the areas further away are poor and lack resources you will see in the city. It is a general reality that, our, that the poor parts of states lack the resources that the richer part of states possess. They lack the finances that certain resources require to obtain. This leads to the people from the poor part of town being unprepared, giving the rich people an unfair advantage. Those who come from the poorer parts are automatically the underdogs because of the way they grew up. People are ranked over one another depending on financial status, giving them a higher status and more authority contributing to the dystopian aspect of our world today. Wow, this is a great point, Joelle. We all had a quite bit of to say about this movie. This discussion was very informative and I hope my co-hosts learn a lot just like myself. I also hope our listeners learn a lot as well. Hopefully, just enough to spot a dystopian whether it's real or imagined. Whether this, well, this concludes our podcast. See you guys until next time. Bye. Bye. See-